0: Good day to you all. Welcome to the Freedom Podcast. We are back for another episode. Gee, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Josh. Good to be here
1: with you. I I want to do a little special shout out, actually. Go on, shout out to my sister Denise, who listens to this every week. And uh, she was just saying how much she gets from it. But yeah, shout out to you, Denise, and for everything you do and love in our church. You represent so many other people the server way in the background, I don't know, just busy. Don't always see it, but you you are such a big part of what is happening right now.
0: Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Come on. Love it. And just, uh, come. I think Denise was saying, wasn't she, that she loves watching on YouTube. And I was on the YouTube earlier and I saw this um, comment. So I just wanted to read this as well from someone else in Hereford campus. Uh, this is Dave. Uh, and he was just sharing a little bit of his story. And he says, here, he says, um, I think over the last 12 months, I've had the most amazing experiences I can ever remember as a Christian and non-Christian. The buzz teaching and life improvement around the caves, the horde, uh, worship nights, weekly meetings, the podcast, And to have spent some of my time, I've got to visit Birmingham, Worcester, Musanze, Kigali, and all being... Uh, and all being there as well for a weekend at the Limassol Horde. This from a man who five years ago was completely broken, unrepairable, close to losing his faith and trust in God. But as wow, the scriptures yeah. say in the song we sing as well, just like Lazarus, you brought me back to life. This is a massive thank you to every one of you, who know um, of you who knowingly or unknowingly have played a part in this. I'm happier than I can ever remember. Fully restored, always being refined, which I'm enjoying, even when it's a challenge, but to make it so special, would see a man who was living in his car for five weeks and he gets a random invite to Hereford campus, gets directed to a seat so he wasn't alone, to meeting men that within seven days had found him somewhere to live, got his car started, found him some temporary work and pick him up to take him to the hall and watch his life change in front of my eyes. There's more to, uh, there is more, but that's his story's not um, to tell. His story, it's his story to tell, not mine. Keep up the amazing work, everyone. Uh, How cool is that? What an amazing story, bit of testimony. Absolutely, absolutely love
1: it, Josh. It's those stories going on in the background. We don't always hear, but again, for every volunteer, we Mm. are so uh, grateful for every volunteer working away in that little bit that you're serving, investing, loving, Watching out for those new people coming in, you just hear the impact, the life impact. And that, it just buzzes me up like, come on, there's more. Every week, potential for more
0: lives to be changed. Absolutely. And I love what Dave is sharing there in his story about his own personal life change and transformation. But then how quickly he moves on to being a witness and being a part of someone else's transformation too. And that is so what we're about as a church that we know that unlocking the purpose that we have within us is not just about us receiving, receiving, but as we start to give, we find out what we're made for too. And so I love seeing someone like Dave come alive with that. It was great to meet him at at the charge this year when I was over in the UK. So, gee, I wanted to talk a little bit about Hereford actually today, because I know that you guys were sharing some vision of what next for our church in hereford and we first started doing our outreach in a pub in hereford in 2005 and it was the most exciting thing wasn't it we went over the hill and uh of dinmore because we were building church in the in uh the small town of Lempster, and we said we think there's more than this uh we need to go and actually start doing an outreach in hereford and they were great days weren't they yeah, and that, that pub was probably one of the most um, <laughs>
1: basic pubs you could find. Let's put it that way. Remember the sticky floor yeah, from alcohol? We started doing all right, it, it reaching sort of the pub, of, and it was… Smelt of damp, and uh, it was called The Herdsman, mm. which I think was probably quite prophetic, Josh, yeah. looking back. We're in there to go and get the sheep. And so we started off in that setting and said, we've got to get outside of the four walls of the church. So we're going to go to where people are. We're going to go to the pub. And do you remember they used to come through from the main bar because we were in the function room with their pint. And uh, they used to like watch through the door what was going on. But it was there something was starting. The vision was beginning. There was like a spark of, do you know what, there's more. And I think it's that gutsiness of saying, we're not afraid, you know, we're, we're out here in a place, the church perhaps shouldn't be, but we're out here with the gospel. Um, and, and that's how it started really in Hereford for us. And
0: gee, we're coming up to almost 20 years since that outreach, which is unbelievable and, Can't uh, believe it. yeah, quite amazing thing, but there was nothing in Hereford rep- uh, as a part of our church, uh, before those, before that outreach, which was 18 years ago. So we come fast forward now to 2023 and our church since that point has been on an amazing journey of church planting, multiplying around the world, but there's something still about the burden to reach Hereford City. And I wanted to talk a bit about today vision and how vision, every single one of us in our lives needs to have vision. And so I wanted to use a little bit of how we've approached Hereford, our church in Hereford there, with how we approach vision. But there's something isn't there for all of us, G, that we all need to have vision for the different parts of our life. Yeah, it's. I, I'm going to perhaps start off, Josh, with probably
1: one of the most well-known verses around vision. Proverbs 28 verse 18, you know, where it says, where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained Mm -hmm. or people perish. That's the sort of result. And it's used quite often, but I just want to frame this conversation with that verse because we're going to be, I think, pushing into it a bit more and and just seeing what it says. Because for me, uh, when you talk about unrestrained people, it basically just means there's no real direction it's all over the place. People get lost. There's no momentum. Unrestrained means there's no guideline. And the way that, that, that I want to give a picture of vision, the way I see it is almost like railway tracks you know so you've got a locomotive you've got a steam engine for that to run it's got to run on tracks you don't just say hey you can go anywhere cuz it won't go anywhere it has to have a specific direction you have to create that to be able to sort of say this is where we're going so vision is something that moves from one place to another and having that idea when you don't have the tracks it's unrestrained it's it's really not going to become fruitful it's not going to manifest and perhaps I'll, I'll mention Hereford is that Hereford has been incredible the uh you know our church family in Hereford because over the last what 12 years uh we've planted churches out from Hereford we have sent you know we have sent probably maybe even I don't know in a couple of hundred people yeah. or more yeah. out church planting uh, over the years around the world, we have supported, invested, raised up leaders and released them. And Heriford is in a way sort of bore that cost. That was our calling. But it 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 really occurred to me last, the end of last year, that there had been a cost and maybe that even there was a need for realignment mm-hmm. of vision. And so going back 12 months ago, the end of last year, I was just aware looking and it's like, do you know what, they, Hereford has been incredible. Our, our people have just served faithfully, but there was almost like a, a lack of vision. Someone even said to me, it was like, oh, vision wasn't sticking at the time. And I and, and I thought, do you know what? Special place obviously in my because it's my home town, but this is where also we went out to the world church planting. And I thought, now it's time. And God said to me the end of the year, will you give twelve months of your time to recast vision? Right. Because what I'm about to do, because there's more. There's more and and i and i said god i'm ready so we came into the beginning of 2023 where we had the series hundredfold and it was all about do you know what it's a time of fruitfulness so there was a recasting of vision at the beginning of this year so what i was doing was say look come on let's let's clear the uh, un, the overgrowth let's clear all the sort of stuff on the tracks let's remember who we are and let's like Build culture back in because often you will lose vision. Maybe uh, people listen to this and think, "Yeah, I did have vision, but I've lost it." It's amazing if you don't keep coming back to the vision. Mm. If you don't keep uh, remembering in it, right, writing it down. How do I? How do I reinforce that in my life? If I don't put it on my wall, on my door, it is amazing how we get distracted. Definitely. We get busy doing other stuff. Instead of being who God's called us to be, because that's part of the purpose, but you need vision to get to the purpose, and so that's what we started doing at the beginning of this year.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's quite amazing actually the role of vision that we have in our that we bring to our lives because I think that a lot of the all the good things that come are often born out of vision. And I think that sometimes we might hear the word vision and we think about leadership or we think about church, but actually it's it's in all aspects of our lives. And I think that even as you're listening to this podcast today, that what how does this apply for you? Is this for your family? Do you have a vision for your family right now? Do you have a vision for your business? Do you have a vision for your colleagues? Do you have a vision for your neighborhood that you're living in? Do you have a vision for your small group that you're involved with? Vision is so important to all these different aspects. And when we start to take a step back sometimes, and so we just almost take ourselves back from almost our everyday involvement and we start to look at the whole picture we say, okay, what is the vision that God is giving me right now for my family, for how I'm raising my children? And when you start asking those questions, there's always vision there. Vision is flowing, but it's sometimes we're not always ready to receive and listen for it. Yeah, v- vision is key
1: in every area, Josh. And if you don't have that, again, say for your family and your—I don't know—your daughter is now uh, perhaps a young teenager. And I don't know there's perhaps relationship interests, and it's like you know if you haven't got vision for her that I want, you know we want and we're praying into a uh you know the future when she's older, a godly uh man who follows God, who trusts him, is uh, in love with God, and all that if you haven't got a vision for her for her future, for her family, for maybe what she's the way she's going to love the church, it doesn't accidentally happen you'll find your compromise. Because you haven't got a vision for it. So without vision, it's unrestrained. You compromise. You've got to get vision for your family. You've got to get vision for their future. And we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but something, um, you know, uh, H has always had for you boys is she's always got vision Mm -hmm. for what it looks like next. Even now, you know, that you guys have all left home, we still have vision for you and we have vision for your children. Because it's, we don't just say, oh, whatever, you know they're all sorted out. I don't need to, we don't want to be careless with that, and I think God is really challenging us as his people to say, "Get vision, get vision for your family, get vision for your marriage why you you will find that when a marriage becomes mundane and wow. boring, predictable, you will find at the root of it, there is a lack of vision. Yeah. Because when vision comes into play, it brings the color. It it's brings fantastic. this is where we want to be. See, you're you're moving. It transforms to tra- to transform where you are means to move, transit in transit. Brilliant. And so this word transform means right. Our marriages here. This is where um, I don't know. Our f- we got some challenges within. Maybe one of our kids and their behavior. Get vision. You got to get vision because otherwise you get discouraged. You get stuck. And you think this is the way it's going to be. And I always sort of uh, perhaps react inside when people are trying to say, that's the way it is. I'm thinking, no, you haven't got vision. When you say that, you haven't got vision because you're giving up to discouragement and you're saying, we got stuck. But no, God caused you to be a people that were trans, you're, you're moving, you're in transit. And this moving into the purpose, moving into all that God has. And that's the vision that God has. Um, you know, over our life, in our spiritual lives, our prayer life. What's our Bible life like? You know, it's like, okay, I'm here, but what's my vision for where
0: I want to be? Let's take, you know, that journey. brilliant. And I think that with just coming back to Hereford for a moment, the whole idea of freedom coming out of our church in Lempster, the whole idea was vision. We've got vision for the county. We've got vision for the city of Hereford. And Fast forward that now, or to almost twenty years later, you guys have been working on with Sean and Joff uh, locally. You and H have been working with what's the vision now for our city? And as the church has been growing, it it's one of those things where oh, everything's you know things are growing and moving forward. And I think the church has grown quite a lot this year, hasn't it, G? In Harrisford?
1: yeah, we've we just uh, did like a vision Sunday this past Sunday and. We took the figures from uh exactly a year ago. So October two twenty two, our adults and our kids, and then we took the figure from last week. So the exactly the exact same week, twelve months to that week, and shared that with the church. And I mean, it was it was quite incredible because we we have grown um more than fifty percent wow. in twelve months. That's amazing. Uh, well, less than 12 months, you know, it's, it's because this started happening through the year and summer, we've been seeing this come in and you just see what God's doing. And you look at it and you say, "Wow!" to see in just one year, what God can do when you get vision, uh, and apply it, it is no longer unrestrained. It's what you do is you're channeling it. And again, the way I see vision as well as the railway track is, is like riverbanks, you know, you've got this flow. There is a flow that God wants to do through His right. through His church, through His people, and that flow, that flow of blessing. I believe God wants to bless every marriage. He wants to bless families. There's not a short like there's. It's, it's not. It's not sort of underwhelming. It's overwhelming what God wants to do. But the trouble is, is we haven't put the the banks, the river banks, in the river banks contain the flow, so that the flow gets to where it mm. needs to go. And if you remove the banks, they might look restrictive because sometimes we'd want to do our own thing and I want to go off this way and that way. But what we do is we keep coming back. So through this year in Harryford, there's been almost like resetting of the banks and saying, really this good. is what we're preparing for. Mm. Who's on board? Who's ownership? Right. We're going to deal with some culture things. We're going to, so we're actively doing some things. It's not just, we've got vision to reach our city. Sorry, nothing's going to happen. You, you then go to work and what you're doing is you're creating the banks to actually see the flow. And sometimes that feels restrictive, but it is intentional. And then you see the flow of what God wants to do. And he's doing it through our church where every week you're seeing new people coming in, people who are being far from God, uh, coming in, you know, it, it's just amazing. I, I was chatting to someone this week. I have to share this Josh, cause I'm Love excited. It. Is uh you, I try and get to meet new people on a Sunday and I, I met this one person who is on a journey of faith. They uh I think it'd been the last three, four weeks in a row, and they were saying, uh, do you know what I was away from God pursuing my own thing? I was in I was in um in Asia and whilst I was in Asia, I was out running. I was like staying there for a while, and I was out running one day, uh And suddenly, something came over me in the middle of Asia, running on this light in the country wherever they were uh, involved in all the their life without God. Something happened to me, and suddenly I started just breaking down, crying. I was just crying. I didn't know. I thought, "What is wrong with me?" There was there was no like reason. It just started crying, and then they had this what they would describe as like a voice saying, "Because they're from Hereford." When you go back, you need to go to church. You I'm looking for you. Wow. That is so cool. And so this put this person then comes in and has been and is actually about to go on our alpha course. Um starts this week. And so uh they they were just and you see their emotionally impact, but God, I said, God is after you, God is pursuing you and said, oh, I'm trying to work out what this looks like. But God went out and spoke to them in Asia. Bring them in. Now that's that's part of the flow. And I I I'd love to sort of just think that, you know, it doesn't matter how we build church, that just happens. But no, we have been building through this year mm. around prayer and expectation that we're gonna reach the lost. We're praying for those people that are out there that God will bring them in. Even when they don't have a Christian around them, they're gonna like something in them, gonna get have a dream, they're gonna get I don't know, they're gonna see something on social media. We've had someone else who's got saved through uh, TikTok Come recently on. and then and then searched for churches and have walked into our church and said I got saved on TikTok. Guys, something is really happening. And I don't believe that's just for Heriford. I believe it's happening in our world right now. There is like a ripple of what God is yeah. doing. But have yeah. we got vision ready for it? Have we got vision to for the harvest? Mm. You know, you've got to have vision so we have been preparing for this and we're so thankful for that 50% growth but it's like do you know what we right now our kids they are maxed we have used every space we've built new rooms and we have we we are we we don't have capacity for many more we are like bursting i said this is a problem because i know that when you get full that's not a good thing yeah. so that's where the vision has now almost arrived at is what are we going to do to allow
0: growth at this point and what i love is that the church has been growing which is obviously we all want to see anything that we do be fruitful don't we we want to see it grow and make a difference yeah. and an impact and that's what's happening with the church which is that's our prayer that's our heart to see a greater reach and impact in all the cities that we're in and that's what's happening in hereford right now but instead of saying okay this isn't this great we're going, we've got a vision for even more, more impact, more than what God wants to do. So you then start going on the process of asking questions and saying, what do we do? How do we not just re- rest and rely on what's already happening, but actually what's our vision for the, the coming year? Not just almost celebrating the year that's been, but looking forward to 2024. So what was, what was what's that been like for you guys? Yeah, so
1: we've we've been planning for the last few months with uh, our Hereford pastors, um, Joff and Sean. They've been fantastic, but we've been busy plotting behind the scenes with a great team, and we uh, announced to the whole church this this past Sunday that we're going for double events, uh, which will be in uh, I think it's yeah the last it's the 28th of January is when we actually are going to launch double. Uh, Because that way we get to double the capacity for our kids, double the amount of adults coming in. We're going to do back-to-back events. We've learned a lot from Raleigh. So this is where it's fantastic being part of a big church family because you guys have gone before us in the last few months. And I know Sean has just said that with, you know, been in touch with Rosie and just like being able to say, okay, what have you learned Mm. and how did that go? What works best? And what about timings and how do you reduce your service and get everyone in and get them out and then get ready for the next one? You've gone before us. And we are so grateful, uh, Josh, Josh and Rosie for you doing that, because I know there's a price, you know, it's like that didn't work and that was painful. Let's do it this way. So we, we're trying to learn as much as we can from where you guys are almost trailblazing in front of us. And we've, we're putting a lot of those things into practice and we will be, um, going for that, as I said, end of January, uh, shared it with the whole church, very excited, Uh, that God wants to increase the flow, what what he wants to do. Let's Uh, go. And what does he say? He said, we'll create some space then. Mm. And so we're creating the space. And uh, the church was so excited. People are up for this. We're hungry for salvation. We're hungry for people finding a home, finding a purpose, finding their people. We really are ready for that. We're hungry for it. It's going to cost people more, but it's like you cannot compare what you see in that reward. So yeah, lots of excitement here in Hereford as we
0: push into that. I think that something's really important that for us as Freedom Church is is we we want to encourage through this conversation, we're encouraging you. You've got to come up with vision. You you know, this is not just Mm -hmm. for leaders. This is for every person. What's your vision? But also we want to look at how do we respond to vision? And I know that there is something... Very significant, isn't there, G, about the different re- response that you get. You do get a scale of response from people, really. But what's the correct – Like, how do we posture ourselves, especially in a church like Freedom where there's always vision coming? How do we posture ourselves towards vision? What's the correct way to respond to it? Okay,
1: well, in Habakkuk 2 – it says about the vision is coming, stand and wait for the vision comes and God won't hold it back. It will come. And it says he stands and he's waiting and then comes the vision. It says it will not be delayed. And I think, again, prophetically, I just believe that God is moving and shifting right now. I, I feel like this almost like this big shift of what, what is happening. We are seeing just so much of that. So you've got to look to see and recognize this is a season. Which is important, I think. For, I mean, this is particularly perhaps for church. But if you're trying to cast vision when you should be strengthening people and encouraging them, it's it. You might end up breaking some people. You know, I think you have to you have to recognise the season, or if the season is shifting, so you got to recognise what the Holy Spirit's saying, what's happening. And you've got to get ready. So you look to see, as in Habakkuk, look to see. The vision comes. It won't, it won't hold back its coming. And when it comes, it says, write it down. And I think this for me is clear communication. You know, so often you can have a great vision, but if you don't communicate it clearly, you yeah, it, it'll almost sure. fail before it starts. It says, write it down, write it down. Make sure you get the details. Make sure you you remember what it is. Because when you write it down, you can come back to it okay, what, what's our vision around our, you know, mission to reach anyone anywhere? is like, you know, it's, there, there's just something about this, is our vision, we're going to run with it. So once you write it down, uh, and it's like, it says, so that what the runners may run with it. And I think that that's the bit where we all come into play is like, you've got to define the vision, wait for the season when it comes, but when it comes, be ready to run. That means you've got to be unhindered. So easily, you know, you have certain people's responses. How are we going to do this? And how we how's that going to work? And how and they're struggling with that. And I think to actually be uh flexible in the sense of to be those wineskins that are flexible, not rigid. I think you do need with fresh vision, you always need to be, okay, I don't quite see it, but let's take a step at a time. And I'm not expecting everyone to see how is this gonna work? but it's like no you can play your part this way take a step at a time be faithful with what's put in your hands don't don't sometimes worry about how it's all going to work out because even sometimes we don't always know but there is something about we're going to run into this and 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 so when we cast vision i'm always looking for the runners because the runners cause other people to run and and you'll see this through yeah, so scripture how and you've got different groups of people. It's the level of their willingness, and it's fine. We're all in different places. Uh, but when you get the runners, look for the runners, because the runners, when you give it to them, it stirs yeah. up others. like Others get affected. And then a month down the road, someone else who had loads of questions and was doubtful and a bit worried about, oh, is this going to cost me more? They're running alongside them because that's how vision, it pulls you into the river, it pulls you into the flow. And and I really believe that even as we talk about the riverbank and the flow of what God is doing, which is that vision and the flow of God, the people stood on the side thinking, is it for me? Is it, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit of a bystander. I just think it's going to, su- vision has the habit of sweeping yes, people into definitely. it. And before they know it, even like the person that's like turned up was in Asia, God spoke to them. I just thought you're going to be part of this. And you don't even know, come on, because vision has been cast. And do you know what? That can speak to someone on the other side of the world, because where we are, the prayers we're making in our home for our kids, the prayers that we're making for our church, for our family to be saved. There's a flow that comes out of it, but you've got to
0: know what it is and you've got to run with That's it. It's really good. And I think there's, there's, something, there's something special about when vision comes to us is it does reveal our heart. It does reveal at the disposition of our heart. Yeah, so that's good, Josh. What, what's our first initial response to it? Is it cynicism? Is it questions? Mm. Is it problems that we're coming up with? And I think of the story of the armor bearer where Jonathan in First Samuel 14, he comes up with a plan to go and shake things up a bit because they have been uh, knowing defeat the army don't know what to do. The king is unsure about the way forward. He comes up with a plan. It's a crazy plan. We're going to climb a cliff and just fight the enemy. And he presents this to the armor bearer, his sidekick in this story. And obviously he, he says, do whatever you have in mind and with your heart and soul. And I think that as we respond to vision, you know, there's good reason to be cynical if you're the armor bearer in the story. Sorry, there's just two of us and only one of us has got a sword. Yeah. Like there is lots of ways That you could say it's fair for the armor bearer to be asking some difficult questions here for Jonathan but he doesn't he just backs him because of his faith because of the relationship because that's the person that he is and I think that even for me and following you as a visionary over the years we I've had to grow in my own personal response some sometimes I've been like yeah let's do that I'm really I can see that too sometimes there've been things where I can't see what you can see and there have been times where I've got it wrong and said I can't see that or I'm not sure about that and then we've gone and done it and it's been fruitful and successful and it's made me as a follower reflect on those moments when vision has come and say How can my posture be different because I've been there where I've perhaps been cynical or unsure or maybe even discouraging and I don't want to be on that side. I want to be on the side that says, I believe we can do it and if we fail, that's okay. But I'd rather be someone that is speaking out things of positivity and faith and assurance rather than someone who's cynical. And I think about vision. When vision comes, it's almost like a, a new seed that gets planted in the ground. And when a mm. seed first pops through, it's like that little sapling, it's vulnerable. And so when a leader or a visionary is sharing vision for the first time, there's a vulnerability to You could trample on that plant with your reaction. You could yeah. stamp on it. Yeah. And it's like, are you going to protect this new idea? Are you going to... um are you going to bring uh, watering to it? Are you going to help nurture it so that it grows stronger or, that, or are you going to be careless and trample upon it? And is that like, I want to be someone as a follower because part of my, my life is a leader and a visionary, but it's also a follower too. And is that like, I have chosen and I want to be that person that is going to say, I'm with your heart and soul. Let's do this. Let's protect the vision that comes. Let's see what we can do to make it happen rather than letting... Yeah cynicism lead me
1: yeah and i think the longer you've been walking the walk of faith i'm sure that you you pick up you know you you have experiences you you journey through Mm. through life of faith and the good and the bad and i think this is where we have to be so careful because you know you could be part of a fresh vision that's coming hey we're gonna we're gonna double and then it's like actually we did this in our previous place and i remember that it didn't work out well and that that's the cynicism you're talking about it's almost applying something you walked through once that there was discouragement vision was cast and it didn't happen uh it didn't work out well and that's where cynicism it's unbelief it's really saying do you know what straight away I got doubt in my mind yeah, and when you get good. doubt and I bring that straight through then another story which was obviously Joshua and Caleb who came back from the promised land and they you know they had the spies the the 10 spies that were just so cynical we can't do it it's not right and yet those two guys were we can We're ready to do it. We're not just ready to run. We're ready to fight. Mm. And yet the enemy was real. They saw the same things, those two groups of people. And I think that's why it says in Habakkuk, you know, give the vision to the runners. The runners would be your, you know, that spirit behind Caleb uh, and Joshua. It'd be like, we're ready to run. But because of that, it obviously delayed. The vision was delayed because God already said, this is my vision for you. But they... They allowed unbelief to stop them from walking into it. Uh, so I, I would say to anyone that's been through discouragement, through a bad experience, maybe in the past, through faith being cast and then pe- it cost you something, and then it never really came through, and it was disappointment. You, I've learned that you've got to take every season fresh again. Don't start. Don't start looking back at that and say I'm experienced. No, you could have got cynical and unbelief mm. came in. And I also know that God will allow us to face certain things of discouragement to what build character in us. If we had everything that we prayed for and every time we stepped out, it was successful. That's not faith. You know, faith faith is stepping out when it even goes wrong. You remain faithful. It takes faith to step out. But to be faithful means you remain in faith, even through discouragement. And it's like almost telling yourself, "Yeah, yeah, I've got experience I've done this, you know, before I've seen this or it didn't work last time. Uh, You know, I tell you, you got to watch out for those little voices. And if you're again around those voices, you got to almost like switch off from that and even be the voice that says, no, I believe that we're the ones that can go and defeat the giants. Yeah. You know, it might seem like, you know, this is overwhelming, but we, and the land is filled with these massive grapes, milk and honey. We can do it because why? Because God is with us. And you can't, I mean, it's so, it's so fascinating following, uh, God. And, and when he says to you, go and do this, you've got to throw everything in like the armor bearer. Do you know what? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I haven't even got a weapon, but I'm with you. And I think there's something double. about that. I'll do my bit, you know, not because we're going double Josh, as you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this in going double. You've got to get all hands on deck. Yeah, you you're going to do. suddenly double up everything. And so you've got to speak to the person who is on worship team and they play guitar, for example. And it might be, do you know what, the weeks that you're not on guitar, we know that you know how to do production, so we're going to ask you to help with production. Um, and it's going to be, oh, well, no, I only play guitar. It's like, no, yeah. you're act- we, and this is the almost the what vision looks like. It's when you push forward and you want to take more ground, whether that's in marriage, you can't say I've got great vision for marriage, but I'm not willing to commit any time into it. I've got a great vision for my family, but I'm not willing to confront standards in our home. Mm. It's like it costs you. And that cost might be, it's going to cost me a bit more. And it might challenge the fact that I'm doing more than just playing my instrument because vision does that. It disturbs you, and it says, "I'll do whatever it takes." That's it
0: to get to the promise, and that's the vision. That's what it costs. I think one of the really important things as well that we've got our one of our DNA, our core values, is heart and soul to be heart and soul. But it's all about taking personal responsibility for the vision. And the yeah, early version of harsh. this before we uh, before we had heart and soul as the, as the name, it was get own carry, and yeah. you got to get the vision got to understand it you've got to own it you've got to make it yours you know and that's i think the key point here is you don't just say oh i'll help you do this it's no we're gonna do this together i'm actually running with this like it's my own i'll never forget someone coming into our church i think they're in another part of the world i think it was in a different country or culture and someone was talking about hey this is our vision uh you know we want to we want to get own carry and they said i've got a question about this Uh, you know, I'm not sure about this whole thing of get own Gary. Uh, And they got confused that it was get own Gary. They thought it was get own Gary. That was one of our core values. You've got to get Gary. You've got to own Gary. You've got to Gary. Um, So, you know, uh, yeah, so we thought we better change it. Language Um, translation. Language translation. But the point is, right, is that we have to own it like it's our own. and, And personal ownership And responsibility for vision is so important. If you want to be a good follower and you want to run with vision, you've got to own it like it's yours. Not just like, oh, this is the leader's idea. It's like, actually, if we believe it's from God, then we're going to take ownership of it like we came up with it ourselves. Because then when you have that kind of different posture towards it, it it totally changes the way that you interact with it. just remember you doing one doing a
1: story josh uh i think some to do with this you talked about hey guys come on we, we got this vision and at the end of the day if that vision is coming out in our church if it means we're going to go into our the center of our city uh with uh pink t-shirts and sing kumbaya <laughs> it's like we're going to do it it's like we it's that get and carry Cause you and I think the point you were making at the time was imagine if we all had a little committee about every decision do you think this is the best time to have double events? Do you think it does it suit you in the evening? does it do you know what I mean imagine mm-hmm. if we all started just talking about I think it's too early it's too soon. I think we need to wait till summer. Heck, the church would be in a right mess, and we yeah. What we're saying is with vision, especially when it comes to this, it's like, you know, get behind the vision. You might have some questions. You might have a different opinion. And I think this is what you experienced, Josh. It's like, yeah, I'm not sure if I see it, but I know what it is to get my shoulder behind the vision. And I trust because that's why I'm part of this house. I'm part of this, this place. And we are going to go forward. And if it requires something that makes me a little
0: uncomfortable, the vision is bigger. my discomfort that's great and just as we close out G, I just thought one last question i've got is if you if we've been talking about today about about receiving vision we've also talked about being vision casters as well and people that are getting vision for the different things and areas of our lives what for you would, would be your advice to someone who's listening to this and is thinking i need i need to be more uh, of a visionary for, for those different areas of my life. I need to go and get vision. How would you recommend someone goes and does that? Okay, so vi-
1: vision I would compare a little bit with uh, being a dreamer in one way. Is like, what is the dream we have for our family? What's the dream that we have for what God wants to do? And every vision, dream that you have, it's in one way, it doesn't cost a lot to just get some time together and say, what's our dream for our marriage? What's our, what's our vision? You know, it's like you can come up with a great vision and it looks like this and it's like, it's fantastic. This is the key point. Getting a vision isn't the issue. What you need to do is you need to have a plan because dreams and visions fail through the lack of a plan. And that, that means that you've got to have a plan of, Not just this is what we're believing for as if it's going to come out of the sky. (laughs) It's like, no, what's Mm. our plan? Here we are. What's our, what's our top three things we're going to change? What are we going to start doing that we're not doing? Because if you're just going to carry on doing the same things, you get the same result. If you want to see something different, which vision is, you got to do different things. So have a plan. And especially if you're, you know, married or you're part of a group of friends, you can agree together on it. It's like have agreement together, get some accountability on it. So there there is something about this is what we're agreeing. We're going to do this every week. We're going to do this. So the plan is important for the vision. And and that's what I've been busy doing in Hereford. I changed a lot of things in Hereford. I changed structures. I changed some of the way we did leadership, even our leadership teams. And some people were doing great. It wasn't that they were doing bad, but I said, this is a new season, and I think there's something new, so I'm going to ask you to hand this over to someone else. And our guys were brilliant, but they they did hand it over, open hands. And from it, we were. I was putting in a plan. So I didn't just cast vision a year ago saying, come on, everyone, let's double. It wouldn't have worked, Josh. We had to grow 50% this year through the changes we mm. made and I had three plans. Um, basically, every, every three months, I had like a shift that I made within wow. the church, but involved communication. It involved realignment. Then we went into the next, really then good. into the next. Now we're set up for double, but I had to be patient. So again, patience in, the, in that plan. Yeah. But the, see, the, the vision, though, gives you the staying power, but the plan makes it happen. So you, you just need to sit down and say, what is my plan? What What is the plan? And we're going to stick to this. We'll be patient with it, but we're going to take steps. Because I have seen, I think, too many people just get a vision um, and they, they pray about the vision, but they put no effort into the plan. They don't put a commitment into the plan, making it work. It takes discipline. It takes perhaps confrontation. It takes like that um, challenging yourself and saying, no, I will grow into this. Yeah, And, and so I've seen so many visions fail, uh, cause you could hear what we're talking about today and say, I'm going to get a great vision. And in a month you're thinking, oh, nothing's changed because you need the plan. You need that. That's the strategy. What is my, what's our strategy? What's that going to look like? What are the changes that need to take place? And then we can start seeing, and we're ready then to actually run with this vision and you'll see it start to stick. You're
0: starting to see the fruit of the vision. That's what God wants for us. Come on. So even as we close this out now, I just encourage you, if you're listening to this now, you can can switch us off and there's something around. Take this time after this now to maybe just ask some questions to God, bring some things in prayer and, and take a step back and say, what is the vision for my family what is the vision for my community my my small group whatever it might be that god is convicting you of right now do something with uh, what's been shared today thank you g so much for your time great wisdom there great stuff to share all right we'll be back next week thanks so much for joining us